Welcome one and all to the House of Nettles podcast with me, Jamark, JD, the realist, and that was corny, um, yeah. and my queen of love and beauty, Miss Morgan. Oh, hello. Miss Morgan. Hello. Yeah, Mrs. Morgan. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Dr. Morgan. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, y'all. We are here to review season one, episode four of HBO's House of the Dragon, a prequel series to Game of the Thrones. Yes, and if you're on the journey with us, thank you again. We're happy to have you here for this next episode. Uh, Episode title, King of the Narrow Sea. Yeah, so please take some time to leave us a review if you like listening to the podcast. Um, Rate us five stars. We would definitely love for you to check us out on Twitter and TikTok. We live tweet every Sunday night and we also uh, post our thoughts and comments and engage with people a lot on TikTok so come join us over there Um, and also comment on the video for a chance to get your comment discussed in the podcast yes so stay tuned at the end of the episode we're going to do a little thing where we talk about some of the the comments left on our TikTok review of um, this episode King of the Narrow Sea so excited to be able to engage more with listeners and fans especially because the show i mean it's just getting better and better every week so it's honestly a joy to talk about at this point mm-hmm. yeah I, I am having a great time um of course read the read the, read the books as a nerdy person would say but i i am <laughs> loving just seeing the the direction they're going with a lot of characters it's great to see yeah i mean i think at this point the episodes are all winners for me. I've all I've enjoyed them for different reasons. Um, they they felt different. Each episode to me has felt different and kind of hit on different themes and explored different things. But I haven't been let down. I haven't been disappointed. It's definitely exceeded what I thought we were gonna get as a show that had kind of like a set ending that everybody knew about. But it's been still fun to watch these things unfold in real life. Yeah. So, you ready to dive into this week's episode? Yeah, and I guess the only thing I can think of a synopsis for this episode is a lot of horniness. It was, <laughs> <laughs> this was an extremely emotional episode in terms of just the sexuality of the characters and how that dynamic was, de- how, how it felt with everybody else. And Yeah, definitely. I think this episode was like, it felt almost like a coming of age type episode and so one thing that's interesting to me is now i don't know if this is right or not but um i was reading that this is the first episode of game of thrones that has ever been directed by a woman director and i think it is very evident in the lens of which the scene is shot the scenes are shot particularly the sex scenes and i guess i could i'll talk more about that when we get to them but when I read that, I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, it it, it felt different than the, the first three episodes, but not in a bad way. Just a different dynamic of how the characters were interacting with each yeah. other in certain certain segments. Yeah, so Claire Kilner directed this episode, and it was also co-written uh, by a woman. Uh, so the writers for this episode were Ryan Condal and Sarah Hess. So I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, that's the beauty of multiple perspectives and multiple experiences of being in your writer's room or behind the camera is you get episodes that feel different um and very like accurate to the experience of uh Rhaenyra and I would say 
I'll say my opinions and thoughts, but Allison, when we get to her. <laughs> well, I guess we, we're starting off the episode. Uh, if we left off the last episode, King Viserys told Rhaenyra, hey, you can pick whoever you want to marry as long as you pick somebody. Six years ago. Six, it, it, was, it wasn't six years ago, was it? No, I think so. No, because the bit hurt. Allison just had the daughter. Daughter's oh, like right, one right, or two. Right. So it's probably been about a about a year is based on the based on how the child looked. You think so? I think it's been a little bit longer than that. But we could, I could be wrong. I you know what I'm just going by how old the uh, their daughter yeah. was. So, cuz uh she looked like she was she said I think she was about 6 months when 6 or 7 months in episode 3 and now the baby's out. It's a good sized baby. So yeah, so. maybe a year yearish depending on how fast yeah. the, those Targaryen babies grow. Yeah. So we see that Rhaenyra has been going on this tour um, that her father took the time and effort to set up for her to basically find a husband and see the available bachelors of the kingdom. Yeah, some lords and heirs have come to, I think, I want to say they were on, dra- oh, that doesn't seem like Dragonstone, she might have been in Storm's End, mm-hmm. but, which would be cool now that I'm thinking about it, but some of the lords were there, old Lord Dondarrion telling some old story of <laughs> trying to seduce the, the, the princess. He and- was out there performing, okay? <laughs> It's like, bro, you know you don't have a chance. I don't know why you're even here. Right, exactly. And and then the probably the scene stealer was they had the young young boy, a Blackwood boy. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was the Lord yet or still the heir. He was he was like he was twelve trying to say, hey, please, I'll protect you if you marry me. I'll do what I can to, you yeah. know. And it was it was endearing, but then you had this jerk over here from House Bracken nah. making fun of him. And I just a little background, quick background. Uh, the Brackets and the Blackwoods, both Riverland houses, have been rivals for thousands of years, so they don't like each other already. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see that in action a little bit. Yeah, so the suitor from uh, House Blackwood, I thought he was going to be uh, potentially my MVP for the episode. I think my MVP changed, but I think Game of Thrones does a really good job of casting good child actors and giving them really small but like par- uh, parts that steal scenes and are very memorable like uh like the little lady in the latter seasons of game of thrones when i like a g he, he mm-hmm. reminded me of her a little bit and i like the idea of like yeah in this world we tend to forget especially if you're not a book reader that most of these people are children and they're just children who have to grow up a lot faster because of their responsibilities so like when you read the original game of thrones book series they're like 13 14 15 and so this is very accurate when you see them like oh yeah if my parents die and i'm 13 i have to inherit this title and i have to be really tough because i have to navigate people challenging me and disrespecting me and he didn't take no disrespect okay he defended his house oh no yeah he drew his steel the bracken boy drew his Mm -hmm. and they they had a little scuffle i they show my my boy get pushed down i'm like oh he trying his best and then the next scene when the camera pans back over it shows him gutting you you hear it first yeah you hear like the squelch of the the blade and you're like oh my gosh he done killed that little boy. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> and um, even the kid is looking like, did I just do that? I really killed this man, you know, but. He disrespected him. He yeah. had no choice but to defend his family's honor. And hey, sometimes we're yes. still drawn, still drawn. And it's crazy how that in itself could have been the focus of the episode. Like, oh, you know, Rhaenyra was meeting all these different gentlemen at court. 
she was sassing them. She was being real dismissive of them. You know, she was kind of like humiliating some people. And then someone dies, someone gets killed and, you know, a fight for their honor. Like that could have been the focus of the episode. But no, we was just getting started. <laughs> that was just that was just the appetizer for yeah. the drama that yeah. we got in this episode. And it was a lot of drama. We see the um, they're on a boat back to King's Landing, mm-hmm. her, Kristen Cole and the crew. And you just hear the dragon coming overhead. Yeah. And um, as we get into that scene, we are kind of coming to understand that Rhaenyra is sailing back into some trouble because folks around her are saying like, hey, you know, you're supposed to be on this tour for two months. Uh, you're supposed to come back with a husband. Your daddy has expectations. And so when she cuts it short, they're like, oh, we all know we're kind of sailing back into trouble. And now here comes even more trouble when we see Syraxis. <laughs> Dang, they knocked the boat over. Yeah, I don't know why Damon would do that. I guess you he know, Damon messy. He, he probably didn't know who was on the boat, too, also. So That's was, still messy, though. You almost knock over somebody's boat <laughs> with your dragon. Flying fly your banner. So that, that, was, that, was, that was messy as hell. That was messy as hell. Yes, but you know what? One thing about Damon, he's going to make his entrance because... Even though he's not the king, his presence as he entered, uh, what is the room? The throne room. Yeah. I mean, it was like everybody was holding their breath. The setup for that room to make yeah. sure King Viserys looked strong. He had everybody and come in. And he still in. ain't look strong. <laughs> Bro. He was, I mean, he was looking tough for a second. He got you his know. sword, Blackfire. He had his king's guard. All the people of the court were there. I could see Viserys, like, you know how in the Mortal Kombat in the fighting games where you get your power bar? I could see his power bar steadily draining for all the episodes. <laughs> he he got he got some hits in this episode, but he definitely looked depleted, hair thinning, that type of thing, looking even more pale. Oh, it's possible so for a Targaryen to look more pale than how they all look. But I think it was, it was the energy of, like, do we bow to Damon? Like, not, not that I think they would about a Damon, but I think it was very much like you could feel the power struggle between the two brothers in the room, especially because of the fact that he entered with a crown on. Mm-hmm. He, he, the, the people named him King of the King of the Narrow Sea. They won the Stepstone yep. War due to Damon's actions. He's a hero of the Stepstones. He has battle experience, a battle commander now. Yeah, and I think um, even though Viserys. I think in this episode, he goes from looking very, very weak and insecure to being a little bit more powerful and decisive by the end of the episode. But he definitely physically standing in that shot with Damon looks like if there was a one-on-one fight, it would be very clear who would win. Yes. yes who it, has it, the more power. Yeah, for, for, for brothers of a of a similar generation, like you to to think like okay, did, well, a younger brother would just completely whoop whoop his ass pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Damon does take a knee and forfeits his crown. He says, yeah. "Hey, I won the stepstones for you." Uh, even though he's like, well, who's holding it? He's like, uh, the two thousand dead bodies I left of the right. craft. Don't nobody want that. That's what Jason <laughs> said. Don't nobody want that. This ain't fun. Yeah, no, we did that to open the the tradeways, and mm-hmm. we were gonna hold that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I almost I almost feel like with Viserys, like the fact that you don't really kind of know what's going on with it is also like kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't you didn't know that nobody you didn't have like a standing army down there. Like, come on, bro. <clears throat> right, where the spies at? Like. 
even if you don't physically want to send somebody down there, you should kind of have an idea of what's going on in your kingdom. Yeah. Uh, well, as they go on, they're throwing a little party for Damon's return and his mm-hmm. reintroduction back into the family. Oh, and it was beautiful. Like, like the costumes, the food, the flowers. It looked like a feast of its time, and it, it mm-hmm. looked magnificent. Damon really in this scene seemed to mature as of this part of the scene. It really does seem like, hey, he grew. War changed him. Yeah, I agree with you to a certain extent. I also think that Damon came because it had been a long time and he wanted to see what was going on. He wanted to lay eyes on his brother. He wanted to see what was going on with these kids. He's like, okay, I'm back and I want to figure out the lay of the land and what do I need to put on my radar. That was how it felt to me. And think how bad uh, Viserys looks to Damon. Like, he hasn't seen him mm-hmm. since episode two. Right, so he's... No, in the episode one. Yeah, so very much so physically declined. Uh, I think everybody picked up that he was drunk mm. in the middle of the day. Like, it was a day party, but he seemed like he was the only person really struggling to hold his liquor. And I think in that moment, I felt a lot of empathy and sympathy for Viserys because I think he wanted to be back making up with his brother. I think he was happy that Damon was back and that he felt like the conflict had been resolved, at least for now, between the two of them. Yeah, like he under, Viserys understands at least enough that Damon is, there are few people in this world you can trust, especially as a king, and you know Damon has your back. Like, you might think he's greedy and want, wants power, but he would never purposely hurt him. Yeah, because I mean, let's remember, anger is a secondary emotion, and I think a lot of the reason why Viserys was so angry at Damon was because when you know, my wife died. I don't have a relationship with my daughter. I don't have a male heir at this point. I don't really know what to do. I want the comfort of my family. And then I hear my brother out here making fun of my dead baby, making fun of my loss and my grief. I think he was always hurt by that. I think he was hurt that Damon went to go kick it with Corliss. You know, I think he really wanted his brother to, even though he felt like he it's his duty to keep Damon off the throne, because he does seem to think immature and reckless. I think he doesn't, that doesn't mean he doesn't want him around close by. Mm-hmm. Like all the tension that they get when Damon goes and speaks to Rhaenyra during during the lunch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's... Well, Viserys, it was very obvious he was mad at her this episode. And yeah. I would say Allison was a little like trying to play stepmama, best friend, mom. They were both like, you're in trouble kind of air towards mm-hmm. Rhaenyra, you know. Yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, Allison also was trying to explain to Rhaenyra, like, you, I mean, you have more options than most women of yeah. high, of noble birth. It's like, wow, you get to you get to really choose who you want to marry. Like that doesn't really happen. And I think this is a revisit of the conversation that they had in the beginning of the season in episode one, when Allison positions herself all the time as kind of like even before she became queen. A, I think she wants to be a little bit more mature, grounding figure in Rhaenyra's life. And she told her, like, hey, you have a lot of freedom as the princess. And even now, as the queen, even though Allison is the queen, she doesn't have as much freedom in her mind as Rhaenyra because, uh, I mean, yes, yeah, Rhaenyra, because Rhaenyra gets to have some choice in picking a mate, whereas Allison did not have a choice whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, look, Rhaenyra's touring the Seven Kingdoms looking for looking for a husband yeah. to mate. Like, 
she she gets to travel. She's get to meeting these new people. And Rhaenyra, I mean, like, Allison's like she feels like she's just stuck in the castle. And she is. She's stuck in the castle having babies. And I, I mean, now when they had that scene where she was holding a baby, I was like, yeah, Allison ain't got no wet nurse. Come on now. I mean, she probably holds her child every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, but this, would, would that be? Because it seemed like I don't know if she's suffering from maybe a little bit of postpartum depression. You know, I think it could be, but I think the point I was trying to make was. They they had that scene to make it look like she was struggling in motherhood. And I think she alluded to some of that. Like you said, it could be a postpartum thing where she was like, I feel very lonely. I don't have any friends. You know, she does, like the tradition of many royals, she sleeps apart from her husband. It don't seem like she wouldn't be sleeping with him anyway. Mm-hmm. But she didn't have her nearest friendship. Her daddy off trying to, you know, he's more worried about getting the grandson on the throne and looking at her as, as a birth machine than as a person. You know, she doesn't have a mother and she doesn't have her other mother figure because they're both dead. So I think it could all contribute to the fact that this girl has been having babies consistently for two years. You know, she has two small children and I could 100% see that she could maybe be depressed and also a lot of resentful towards Rhaenyra. Yeah, and you know, it, it makes me remember the, the first episode when Rhaenyra was talking to her mother, um, Ama. And she told her mom, like, well, who's looking out for you? And you can say the same thing about Allison. Mm-hmm. There's nobody looking out for her best interest. And like you alluded, like her father's looking out to make their family more high, a higher standing. But what does that mm-hmm. have to do for the personal well-being of Allison? Right. And I don't think I don't think Allison's well-being is considered by anybody mm-hmm. other than her ability to be healthy and take care of her children and, you know, create more children. And so... It was nice to see that scene of, I think, Rainier kind of acknowledging, like, oh, yeah, maybe it doesn't sound as good to, like, your position isn't as good when I hear it like that. I still disagree with you about my position. Like, it kind of sucks to be where I am, too. But, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like that. Um, I liked that, that like, pseudo slight makeup temporary piece yeah yeah i think everybody at this part of the episode everybody was like hey this is a good thing we're all bonding a little bit we're coming together and it it, it did did seem good like that's what you want to want to see happen yeah and i and i like that um they keep kind of revisiting this thing with rainier of like sometimes rainier says stuff that you you remember she's still a young girl she still hasn't had a lot of experience because she's kind of judgmental towards her mother in the first episode and Allison in the set in this episode. And it's like, yeah, but when you, sometimes you say things, they hurt, you know? And I think we definitely saw Allison being like, dang, like that's how you see me. is just basically like a baby factory for your brother. I mean, for your daddy. Um, and so I'm curious if that like Rhaenyra's honesty is refreshing at times, but I think it can also kind of like be offensive at times too. Yeah. Cause she's not trying to comfort. Like you, you can say the honest thing, but how are you going to like help comfort me to make me feel like, no, there's, there's nothing, nothing soft about it. Like to to make her feel okay. Like, hey, yeah, and I think she, in that sense, she does have a little bit of like Damon in her, and I think that's why they bond because they speak honestly to each other, and I think it without trying to protect feelings or beat around the bush. And I love the fact that like not only do they both have a similar, very honest and direct in like almost vulnerable communication style with each other, but then they're also speaking in high Valerian and a lot of their one-on-one interactions. So it like further insulates them in this world that 
like this understanding they have of each other that you can see that Viserys is left out of. Yeah, that's always cool to see see how they the, they speak how Valerian, like how this is, is this is their moment together when they're talking about it. It's not for anybody yeah. else. And it's beautiful. I think I love hearing the high Valerian the way it's it would have been spoken when there were lots of people around who spoke it and that it is a very like protected language because you you know not everybody does speak it and as we saw on episode two when Rhaenyra and um Damon were talking and everybody was like I don't know what they speak you know? <laughs> like, uh, I'm, I'm caught, caught a couple words because where she's from they, they speak mm-hmm. Valerian but still still they, yeah they, they, and if the flow of it is very beautiful and definitely distinct from how we see Danny speak it mm-hmm. in the show I think hers is like a little bit rougher on the tongue but I love the fact that they chose for the two of them to like have conversations in High Valerian. And I think it just adds to like the the intimacy of their relationship. Yeah, I can't think of the person who uh, created the language for the original show Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, but he's really getting his money's worth this uh, this season. Because even in the original series, you heard it, people would speak some lines, maybe somebody would give a, a couple speeches, but I feel like it's every episode there's a dialogue happening in the High Valerian. Yeah. That's a lot of words for this language he's having to That's create. That's a lot of words. And so the conversation, the name of the game of this episode is marriage sex childbirth and i think what's interesting to me for the conversation around Renera is how much of this is that she doesn't want to be tied down to a man maybe for like political purposes and she doesn't want to be married to somebody who she feels like is just trying to manipulate or she doesn't want to maybe uh be married off and and leave the kingdom or how much of it is a fear of, well, it's a very real possibility that you could die in childbirth in the way that your mother did. Or you see how miserable Allison is at times being a mother and you don't want to do that. Like, what does motherhood represent in this world to you as a woman? And so I think Damon seemed to be the only person that kind of picked up on that to say like, yeah, but you can't always live your life in fear. You're going to lose the best parts of it the best parts that we found out later in the mm-hmm. episode. But I think I like that he kind of offered that balance of like, yes, sex and marriage are difficult things for women in this world, but they also have benefits too. Yeah. And I, that, that's one thing I, I enjoyed about the episode, just getting her perspective and her fear of being married all. Cause they bring up um, during a small council meeting that, Hey, Lenore Valerian is possibly going to marry uh, some somebody's daughter from one of the free cities. Mm-hmm. That the means we Lord have, of Bravos. Yes, and that makes it seem like, hey, now we have to pro- possibly marry somebody off too, and nobody says it, but you can just feel everybody yeah, eyes on her. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's almost a valuable chess piece. But does that mean if they marry her off, does she go live with that person? Does she lose her right to be the heir? Because you can't you can't have your heir living in on foreign soil under somebody else's control. Right. Because as a as a woman in this time period, you have this hope that your husband and sees you as a human being and as an equal, and he'll allow you to have a life that you want to have and not lock you away at a, at a house put you in a convent beat you anything like that like it's a gamble with your freedom in your life so it's not a it's not a decision to take lightly but it's a privilege that she has that decision because who else even damon didn't have that choice damon didn't have no choice in who he married yeah he married his uh, as he calls her his bronze bitch of house right. royce 
and I guess moving on to that, yeah. when she goes up to her bedroom, mm-hmm. um, got Sir Kristen Cole outside. He he's like, "Hey, we'll see you see you tomorrow morning. Everything is good and peachy." She closed the door. She finds a whole sack of boy clothes <laughs> and a note. Right. <laughs> and the note leads to a secret passageway. So she changes her clothes, goes out the secret passageway to her room, and she sees Damon out there in a hooded cloak looking all yeah. Targaryen, well, <laughs> mysterious. Yeah, we're like on a Goonies-like adventure for a second in terms of like, or even, I think we talked about like Aladdin, of like putting on the clothes to go out in the in the street and, and meet the fellow people. Now, did you get the sense that this was Rhaenyra's first adventure like this like the first time that she had kind of been out on the street level that's that's how i saw it like yeah. she she had never been like of course she's she's in king's landing she's in the red keep maybe she goes to some of the more prestigious places around the city but mm-hmm. she's never just been like they're in flea bottle like damon yeah, damon's yeah. other nickname i don't think they, they only said like one time he's the the prince of flea bottle <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seemed that way. It definitely seemed that way. Uh huh. He knows the city. Like you see all the performers on the street. You see people having sex in the corner. Um, and then we, you know, she's just seeing a different perspective. Like, these are the real people who you're supposed to be ruling over. Like yeah. the kings and lords are the lords and people are cool, but these are it. And then we get to see that little play. Yeah, and which is I think another example of kind of where we get to the reminder of Renera's still inexperienced. She's still young. She's kind of immature. Because we see the play, which is obviously mocking her. And this is not the first time we've seen one of these types of performances. I think we saw a couple in the first season of Game of Thrones. Arya watched one, I think. Yes. But um, she was offended. She was offended at them mocking her. And also, like, even the common folk were like, well, I mean, she ain't going to be the queen. Mm -hmm. They have no faith and no confidence in her, even though they acknowledge that she's popular. And they make fun of Damon, too. And Damon kind of takes it a little bit more in stride. And I think he was more so watching to see what her reaction was going to be. And I like the little humor they interjected in there where she tried to get the crowd on her side. And it's like, (laughs) "Mm, girl, no, boo. You know, and so when she kind of like walks off, she's like, well, it doesn't matter what they want anyway. I'm going to be you know, that the choice of who rules them is not up to them. And I thought that was an interesting line that uh, was kind of thrown out there. Yeah, because um, it's one of those things, she always lives in a bubble. So, yeah, of course, she knows some of the lords maybe don't want her to be queen, but nobody says that to her. Like, nobody has the guts to say that. She just has to perceive that they don't want her to be queen. They just hear it outright. Yeah, and Damon corrects her and he says, they're the people are of great consequence if you expect to rule someday. And I think that is a conversation that we see happen on and off in the Game of Thrones universe. And I think sometimes it, what people want matter and then sometimes it doesn't. Like, there were no consequences for Cersei when she blew up the set. We never saw what the people of King's Landing thought about that. But then at other times, we do we do know that, that people have an ear to the street and they want to know what the subjects are saying about them. So I think his uh, his advice to her matter and i think that's important and you need to know what people think of you and be aware of that and the power of having the support of the common folk yeah because this is what the masses think like it's always good to hey i got support of all my lords this is great but when you have to call your army and call your banners together you expect all those small folk all those men to come to your side Mm -hmm. and those are the ones going to fight for you those are the ones going to be on that charge holding their shields up as knights come running them with horses yep yeah, so we see we see more of their adventure together, and I think a little bit more of like 
just glimpses into Rhaenyra's still a young girl. Like she got the barns and the palace and all that. She has she's wise in certain ways of courtly life, but she's not experienced in other ways. And so like we see her kind of steal the steal something from a vendor and she runs off and then the knight stops her and he gives her like a very a warning that doesn't mean anything in the moment but immediately pays off later because he's like oh you're lucky you know take care that i recognized you Mm -hmm. you knew my name take care but we see like oh she was she was spotted and she was recognized yes yes and And that comes back later yeah, that was a Lord Strong's son, Harwin Strong, mm-hmm. his heir. Uh, but w- before we go on to Rhaenyra and Damon's best scene, I guess we can talk real quick about the bath scene with uh, King Viserys. They intercut cut that sure. in, um, in Allison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, King Viserys is looking bad. Like he's in the bathtub. He has a bunch of servants around him, and one of the servants is trying to scrub a wound he has on his arm, and Ooh. he just keeps having all these festering wounds that aren't yeah. healing. Yeah, and it's and Allison takes over she's like hey I'll do that and starts bathing him for him and just tells the other servants to leave and they have a conversation about thank you for being gentle with me and they talk about Rhaenyra but you can definitely see like he is he's looking worse and worse every episode I don't know what kind of sickness he got I don't know what's happening to his body yeah it would be interesting to see what smarter folks than you and I think that that sickness would be but it definitely seems like there's a struggle with healing and I think a lot of it the season of a series call back to me for like Henry the Eighth, the King of England, and he had, you know, his prime, he was like very young and handsome and a lot of women wanted him. And then as he got older, he got a little bit more mad, he gained a lot of weight, he had like a gang gangrene in his leg. And um, the women, the wives he had when he was older, they didn't want to touch him because he smelled Mm because of the wounds and stuff. And so I think that was kind of like a little bit of a telegraph of that because it looks like the wounds are open, festering. They're not healing. And I'm sure like patting them with dirty rags and dirty bath water is not making it any better. (laughs) But just think about like when you have a scab on your elbow and every time you move and that scab cracks, it's painful. And Damon is... I mean, Damon, Viserys has those all over his body. Mm-hmm. And we see him wearing gloves and stuff like that. So we don't know what's going on with his finger. But I would imagine, well, at least when I first saw the scene, I was like, oh, wow, he must be in constant pain. I can't believe how he does anything. But he's still managing to have sex, though. So I, I'll, I'll stand corrected. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess we slide back over to yeah. Rhaenyra and uh, Damon. They entered a brothel together. And, you know, this is the first time she's ever seen anything like this. Oh, my gosh. I was like, where is this going? Why would you take your niece? Because <laughs> the whole time I was like, why did he sneak her out of the castle? And I didn't think it was to harm her. But I was like, what what lesson is Damon trying to teach her? Or what is, what is he trying to observe in her by watching her go through these different interactions mm-hmm. and then when they got into the brothel i was like what is going on where are we headed as an audience where are they headed in the rooms yeah like what are you trying to do right now like something's not adding up yeah it just it just started to feel like very uncomfortable because the scene was so sexual and sensual like just even the way they, they did show people's bodies and stuff, but even like the way they show people moving and the way it was shot, it just felt like you were walking into something like 
very forbidden and you could just like feel like the lustiness in the air and everything yeah there i mean there's a whole sex show going on yeah um uh, and then damon takes it to another room where there's just people having sex all around them and mm-hmm. then he he un he i mean he unmasked her he takes off the hat she was wearing her hair falls down and niece and uncles start making out yeah and he <laughs> explains to her that basically Marriage doesn't have to keep you from doing what you want to do. And also, I think you don't have to think of relationships between a husband and a wife or a man and a woman as things of like sex is not a burden all the time. Sex is not just for procreation. It can be something that you can enjoy. And he didn't say all that, no, but I think that, that was what he was showing her. No, he said sex can be pleasurable. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Ooh, but can it can be pleasurable. But as we see when we cut back to the red key. Mm, do they do they show that scene now? They show them either inner spice or back to back. Yeah, yeah, it's inner spice in it. Yeah, we cut we cut over to the red key. We see Allison. She's laying in her bed by herself, and one of her bed maidens come in and says, "Hey, the king has called for you." Ooh. She's like, "Now?" No, <laughs> that's how she was looking like. <laughs> oh no, because I was thinking at first when she came in there, I was like, maybe he he took a turn for the worse. Because you know we're all just waiting on the to die at this point. But then when she was like, well, I'm already bathed and I'm laying down. I'm like, oh, uh-oh. She got, that's the, like, oh, I already got my sweatpants on. I'm, I got my pajamas on. I don't feel like having sex. And we, I think just the juxtaposition of the sex scene with, or the 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 physical interaction with Damon and um, Rhaenyra and then Allison and Viserys and then later, Rhaenyra and Sir Cole mm-hmm. I thought that was shot really really well um, and I, I mostly just the differences between Rhaenyra Rhaenyra's is sexual interactions with me and so far in the show and Allison's sexual interactions with men and I think it juxtapos- juxtaposes like this is what sex is like for women you know especially when you don't have a lot of power in the relationship and we literally see Allison like dissociate and just almost like not want to be there but then kind of like when Viserys looks at her she like does a little fake smile versus Rhaenyra who we see her like having pleasure yeah like she was she was all in for Damon the way she was yeah. looking at him the way they were kissing he starts pulling off her clothes I'm like this is their this is their moment they're gonna have together yeah and I think this is a uh, one thing I was reading online I really agree with I think it's a great point is that this is where you can tell that this the episode is shot by a woman and I think this these sex scenes in this episode versus the ones in the original Game of Thrones series, there's at least the ones with Rhaenyra, it was about Rhaenyra's pleasure. It wasn't about her being dominated or or taken over or even using sex as like a political thing. We didn't really see women in the original Game of Thrones series have sex or pleasure other than the one scene, I think a couple with Cersei and, and Jamie and then like one really dry scene with Daenerys and well we saw her with Daenerys and Khal Drago but even that one was more so about like and this is how if you are have to have sex with your husband you can at least get something from it yeah and I think the way the women's bodies were shot the the things that the way the scenes felt so much more sensual than gratuitous it was like oh this is a touch of a woman who's thinking about the feminine gaze mm-hmm. and I think that's why the scenes felt very different and also the feminine gaze from a perspective when you don't want to have sex with somebody and it's not necessarily like 
I don't want to say it's not consensual, but it wasn't something that Allison wanted to do. Yeah, she if she had a choice, she would have said no that night. But she yeah she knows deep down she doesn't, and she's never expressed that to the king because I don't know how Viserys would act if she was. I say, don't think she would have a choice either as a queen. Mm-hmm. I don't even think in in that world as a woman when you're married you don't get to say no to your husband. I mean you can, but it depends on the husband. That's, yeah, that's one of those yeah. things. Like I mean, Viserys seems like a good guy, but I I can't say how he would act. Like nobody nobody's probably ever told him no. And the only other person who he claims he had relations with his his other wife, yeah. uh, they were deeply in love with each other. So he he probably respected her more than he does yeah. Allison, even if he doesn't admit it. Yeah, and he might be using sex with Allison to help with the pain of his illness or his taking out his frustrations or his grief. But you just think about her like, okay, this man is older, significantly older. He's sick. Mm. He's drinking. Festering wounds as he's on top of you. Yeah, like, it, I think you really zooming in and seeing her face. And also, like, you can see his body and his back. You don't see any of her body, so we don't. it's not... You don't see her titties bouncing around and stuff like that, like you would have seen on the, you know, on the other show. Mm-hmm. I think it really allowed us to focus in on like, wow, this is really like what Rhaenyra said was even more painful because it's like you don't know what this girl is going through. Yes. You know, you could potentially marry a man who would be interested in your pleasure when you're having sex, and not doing you like that and treating you just like a vessel. But Allison will never have that. No. And then to just see Rhaenyra interacting with she because Damon, hey Damon's not down mm-hmm. for it. He turns his back and says, "Hey, we can't. Hey, we shouldn't be doing this right now." Mm-hmm. She runs back to the Red Keep and she sees Sir Kristen Cole still outside the bedroom and she says, "Bring that ass here, boy." Yeah, she was all fired up. Now, <laughs> why do you think that Damon stopped? Because I I saw that this was a controversial topic. A lot of different hot takes about it on the on the interwebs. Why did Damon do what he do? That's a good ass question right mm-hmm. there. Uh, and it, we have some at the end of the episode. We do have some people that uh, left comments about what, what what their theories were why Damon did what he did. And we yeah. Up. But uh, for me, mm-hmm. based on the information that I got from the episode, I think Damon was um. I felt like he was trying to engage in a sexual relationship with with Rhaenyra, uh, but then he, I think he like he changed his mind on how far he had to do, had to go, because mm. I think he just wanted to discredit her to a certain point, not discredit her, but just say, "Hey, I took her maidenhead. You might as well marry her to me." Mm. Now, um, one one comment I saw about that, uh, they said they didn't think uh i didn't copy it so mm-hmm. but uh they 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 didn't think that um what i'm trying to say i don't know <laughs> i'm like i'm very invested in what you're gonna say so in terms of him damon try to you said they didn't think that damon was trying to take Renier's virginity but he what was he trying to do he was just trying to make it speculative to the series like uh, he knew people were, out. yeah he knew people were watching and he wanted to just expose that expose Otto Hightower. Like he was, they they thought he oh. was he was playing like a, two levels of chess. But I don't think I don't it was. Know, a, I don't think he was playing four D chess. No, I honestly just think he was. He just wanted to marry Rhaenyra. He does have attraction towards her, and he thought like, hey, if I convince him that I had sex with her, what other lords going to want to see that or going to yeah. want her? 
especially a high lord that can change the tide of battle or anything or how our house is perceived. Oh, yeah, I don't I still don't know what I think about Damon's motivations and hopefully maybe we'll get to see a little bit more into it cuz we haven't really gotten that much of him in the series. Like I think he's really been a vessel for us to kind of project our assumptions on what his intentions are on a lot of things. I think that's what a lot of people do with him. But I don't know, because I think he could easily have seduced her within the Red Keep and made it so somebody could see what they were doing as well. If he wanted, if that was his only goal was just to ruin her or cast doubt on her virginity. I think it's easier ways that he could have done that with a guaranteed audience that would have been more reputable or something like that. So I don't know. I also wonder if he really did have dual motivation. So like they, they were talking about, you know, marriage and sex and, and all these types of things. And so he might've just been interested in seeing how she did in that setting and wanted to expose her to a different side of life and maybe like, corrupt his uncle or his brother's child but maybe not necessarily make it a play for the throne but then when he got back he was like oh okay well I might as well use this to my advantage like I'm not trying to hide it but I'm also not trying to intentionally get us set up either because mm-hmm. then it calls into question well why did he stop because if your goal is to marry Rhaenyra having sex with her would definitely have been what he needed to to get Viserys to allow them to get married so it's like if it was if his goal was to cast the doubt about her virginity, why not just do it for sure, do it for certain? Yeah, you know. So that's why I'm still a little torn on what I think his goals and motivations were, and I also think sometimes with Damon, he be doing stuff. So, so I think Damon, Damon just be doing stuff, and then he don't really fully think through his plans, such as his war that he was fighting against the the crab king and when he stole the egg like i I don't think i think we're giving damon a little bit too much credit in terms of being like this mastermind yeah because this was my this kind of reminds me of dario from the television show when he was first introduced um in the books too but just use the tv show as an example uh he he takes the heads of two of the Two, two of the three people in charge of the the company, mm-hmm. the army company, and t- tells Daenerys, like, hey, I am yours. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't have fought with you, but I'm willing to, so I killed them for you. Right. Like, was that the best thing to do? Could there have been a better way to convince yeah. them to do that instead of murdering them? Because when you do that, a lot of other bad things can happen now. Right. So I think I think uh, Damon's kind of on the same level. Like, he did something bold, and it... It can lead to something good for him, but it can also, like we saw in the episode, it now he's just banished to the veil. Right. And here's what I think. I think Damon is one of those people who, hey, I'm gonna go check I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna use the excuse of I'm about to give you my crown and, and wanna make up to A make up, but then also see what's going on and, and peep people's going on. I'm gonna have this conversation with my with my niece. Just to kind of see where she's at, where her head is at. This is where the conversation land. Okay, well, I can kind of take advantage of this situation. I can go take her out and show her the, the sites or whatever. We got a little chemistry. 
let me go ahead and mess around and do this. And oh yeah, by the way, I can also maybe make a play for um, her hand. Is that gonna do? I have a like a ten step plan on how that's gonna benefit me in the long run? No, but why not? Let me try something, and it ends up kind of like not working for him and blowing up in his face. At least at this point in the series, I don't know if it, if it comes back ever. But you know, I don't necessarily know that Damon is the mastermind, little finger s type. Uh, you know, 10 steps ahead of the game like everybody thinks he is. And I do think there was still some conscience coming to play for him in terms of not wanting to either make her first sexual experience be in a brothel or to completely ruin her. He had no idea that she was going to go back and sleep with somebody. He don't know that either. Yeah. So he might have been thinking like, oh, I don't want to ruin her chances at marriage for a certain, you know. That's why I don't, that's why I don't think it's 100% nefarious intentions yeah yeah i i definitely think there's more to the character motivation mm-hmm. uh than the show i know they said after the show they had a little bit of talking about it and how, how they perceived the events to go but it's not what happened during the show so about, what was their perception uh i guess the showrunners they spoke about how damon when she, when Rhaenyra turned around after he pulled her pants down and seemed to kiss him back that he was taken aback and that's when he wasn't they said he wasn't able to perform after that? Oh, so the showrunner said that. Yeah, but but it wasn't in the. It, it's not how the scene to me played out. Like just yeah. watching it, so I it's hard for me to take this information that wasn't included in the show. Like I I do my best to when people. I don't want you to tell me all the answers, but yeah. when, if you leave out it's two plus two, when you leave out the second two, I can never get four. Yeah, because if I don't watch that interview, I don't know if that necessarily would come to that conclusion of like, Damon seems like we saw him literally having sex in front of an audience in the first episode. So then for you to tell me like that he was intimidated or thrown off by her turning around and being into the sexual experience. So like, are you saying that he would have continued if she had been nervous or shy or intimidated by it like i guess again i don't know the character that well i only know what i've seen of him in the first four episodes but i I don't know to me i'm just maybe the maybe the writing or just didn't convey that or the direction didn't convey that that was what was happening and i might catch it on a a, a, another rewatch but i don't know Mm -hmm. and uh, and another thought came to my head like maybe it could could have been like he was willing to do that because he he viewed her as his sweet, kind of submissive niece. And when she turned around and was like trying to kiss him, he's like, oh my gosh, this is my niece. And this isn't the girl I saw grow up. Like she's a little too dominant. Like, you know what I'm saying? In, yeah. in a weird incesty way. But Yeah, and I guess it's, it's hard for us. Like, you don't know how much the family dynamics come into play because he did also then offer to marry her. Which would have involved them having sex anyway. So I don't, I don't know. I, that's definitely the the biggest mystery so far of the show for me. I don't think I have landed on a why. Why did he do it? What were his intentions? Like I don't think I could truly say unless I heard it come out of his mouth in the show. Why he? Yeah, in the show. Why he took her there? What his plan? Did he have a plan, or was he just kind of flying by the seat of his pants? So. Hey, but that's good TV. You know, you get to speculate and have conversations about 
why do you think a character did what they did as opposed to everything being narrated and explained to you? So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got, it's got us talking. It's got mm-hmm. it's got people in the comment section talking. Yeah, for and, sure. And right outside the brothel, there was a a young young boy just chilling out there. Yeah. I don't know why Renee came went outside without her hat. That seemed like a she dumb was decision. so flustered. You know, <laughs> she, she was, was all horned up. <laughs> yeah, she was all horned up, and that little boy saw that and went right back to yep. um, Sir Otto. Mm-hmm. Ran right up to the red key and was like, "Hey, uh, guess what I saw?" And Sir Otto couldn't wait. That next morning came and he was like, "Oh, I got to tell everybody." And Otto thought he had some tea, but what he didn't know was that. Rainier did not lose her virginity to Damon. She lost her virginity to Kristen Cole. Mm-hmm. So, so when she, when she was able to deny it to her father, she wasn't lying. And that exchange between uh, Sir Otto mm-hmm. and King Viserys, like when he was telling him that information, mm-hmm. like King, I, I, King Viserys kind of stepped up in that moment. He's like, "Say it's like, well, Rainier was saw going into a brothel with Damon, and mm-hmm. uh, they were seen together." He's like. And <laughs> <laughs> right, he pushed him. He pushed him to say, "Like, now if you gonna come in here and tell me some bad news, tell me the bad news." Yeah, you know, you, you keep dancing around the situation. Like, I, I can't. I'm not gonna infer what happened. You tell me what happened. Right, which is always so uncomfortable to have when somebody is like, "No, I'm gonna make you say it. <laughs> I'm gonna make you say it." And I think Otto was taken taken aback by that because he's not used to Viserys. Really, I think. He would more so expect Viserys to take that information with like defeat, mm-hmm. and not with anger, and definitely not anger at him. But it's like, well, we got I got to shoot the messenger on this one because I'm so tired of Rhaenyra and I'm so tired of Damon, and now to find out that the two of them together are causing me a headache, like it, it's no surprise that he popped off for the rest of this episode. Oh yeah, because Viserys was. Viserys, I have not seen him like this in other episodes. He before he's been a lot more malleable, manipulative, and he was kind of like broken down and defeated. But he was mad the last part of this episode, and he was he was being violent. Yeah, we've seen a whole different side of him. Yeah, like when he um, I guess we do. Can we talk about that second conversation he had with Sir Otto? Or sure. Yeah, um, we got a little exposition dump. Um, Sir Otto, uh, uh, he was telling Sir Otto just about like he remembers. When uh, he oh the HR came. meeting yeah when he called him oh anytime you get invited <laughs> to a meeting and it's just you and one other and your boss and it's not the rest of the staff oh my gosh yeah. he knew yeah he was like bro I remember when you came here I remember it was just five days before mm-hmm. my father died like mm-hmm. he's like I'm not blaming you for what happened but my father died got got sick and died five days later and here you were to be named him. And you've just been chilling, cruising ever since. You've yeah. been just manipulating the situation to your advantage mm-hmm. ever since. And I yeah. should have saw it when my wife died. He's like, I'm not blaming you for that. Right. But you put your daughter in a position so yeah. I would pick her. Even though it wasn't the best thing for the realm. And he knew, and I think Viserys knew that deep down, which is why when it was time to pull out the receipts, he had the receipts. But I think he also chose to go along with it. And that's on him. Mm. And that may also be with some of the guilt. Because it's like, okay... Well, as long as nobody is calling me out for being manipulated, I can kind of pretend I'm not being manipulated. But then as soon as somebody else named it, and now you have two people naming it, Damon and Rainier, it's like, well, dang, now I got I can't pretend like I don't understand now anymore. <laughs> and I can blame my anger at somebody too, you know? 
Yeah, I think he here's where Sir Otto messed up. Like if he would have just observed the situation, he was all he got flustered in, in a different way when Damon came. Like he wasn't expecting this meeting to happen right, right now. Right. So he was like, I gotta do my best to try to get him out of here right now and I can maybe mm-hmm. get rid of Rhaenyra too at the same time. Right. He had, if if only he would have had somebody else deliver that information to him. Because it's all self-serving for Otto, him bringing that information. His his grandson down on the Iron Throne after right. he placed his daughter in that situation. I think he just he just got too he got too comfortable with his position in Viserys's ear, and he forgot that Viserys is still the king. And I think, like you said, he got thrown off, and he felt the need to scramble. And I think had he had more time or maybe had he been a little less little less comfortable he would have said on that information because he could have taken that same information to Rhaenyra and saying hey I can get word to to Damon I get rid of both y'all what do y'all want to do you know like Mm -hmm. you go get married to some somebody way over there we don't see you no more and you get gone because you know Viserys would have your head if he found out that she was messing with his daughter he could have done that yeah. He could have done a lot of stuff with that information, but I think he got too cocky, too fast. He like put his hands up before he ran through the through the tape on a, in a marathon and then somebody else blew past him. So, I mean, I think that this was like the first major slip up that we see him make, which also probably contributed to some of his cockiness cuz so far everything he's put into play has come has come to fruition on his end. He got Allison in there. He got um initially like sabotage the relationship with with Damon. He got Corliss up out of there. So he he had no reason to believe that this too wasn't gonna be successful. Yeah, he even he, yeah, he got him to question the line of secession. Yeah, Sir Otto just really dropped the ball on the on all all his handlings. Yeah. But uh shout out to King Viserys because he called Damon into that uh into that throne room. Well, Damon- you you missed the most important part of the scene. Oh which one? So after Viserys had his monologue he basically laid all the all the cards out about how, uh, Otto Hightower, and he kind of he kind of tried to deny it. And like, oh, you know, I just want the best for the realm. Sometimes I have to give, you know, it's hard to give advice or get, to be feedback, give feedback that's honest but hard to hear. And Viserys was like, no, nah, I'm not trying to hear all that. You are trying to undermine my decision to put my daughter on the throne and he slowly pu- pulled that hand of the king pen. <laughs> he didn't even say you're fired. He said he just pulled the pen off. And then I think he told him he had to go, right? Or something like that. Yeah, he said you, you can leave now. So get out of here, bro, buddy. Right. So it definitely was for me in an episode full of shocking moments. Another probably the most shocking episode is just my how the mighty fall and fall fast from the higher you you come down you know mm-hmm. and he went from literally that day sent up there with the king and you know he got this information that he thought was gonna be it this this is my grandson's ticket to the throne killed two birds and one stone he ran there with that little smug look on his face and Viserys threw him a curveball yeah. and now you are literally packing your stuff you're done at court <laughs> you are you have no power and most importantly you leave your daughter and your grandchildren exposed and so you can't manipulate the way you would to make sure the Aegon gets on the throne. Yeah, you're not you're not you're not that filter anymore for them. Right. And you can say the same thing about Damon. When he showed up there a couple of days before, he was a king. He was a king of a, some sorry little islands in the narrow sea, but he was a king and now he's leaving to go back to a wife, his bronze bitch that he does not like. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's banned from the um from court too right now. Yeah, well, I guess we more to see Damon 
do that. And I also think Damon has a better chance of getting back in with Viserys because it seems like Viserys softens his anger with time. Now, this one is a bigger a bigger deal. It's a pretty big betrayal, I think. But ultimately, that's still his brother at the end of the day. Whereas Otto Hightower, he like, mm, whatever, I get another hand of the king. Now, I don't know, but Otto Hightower may make a... He may be back. I don't know because I haven't read the books. But I definitely think if anybody between the two of them had a chance of making up with, with Viserys before his death, it would be uh, Damon. Mm-hmm. And then we have Rhaenyra, who that conversation with them... That was intense. We got a little more exposition dump about the, the prophecy of A Song of Ice mm-hmm. and Fire. Uh, when she walks into his um, his bedchambers, he has the dagger in uh, in a flame. When he pulls it out, you can see written in Valerian. I can't remember the exact words. It was like a beautiful, the, like a beautiful quote. I can't remember what the song was either. But yeah, it, it, it ends with the phrase in the Song of Ice and Fire, as written by Aegon, and all that cool stuff. So it sounds like from the, and I'm really starting to find that I love these conversations with. Um, Viserys and Rhaenyra as he's kind of passing down this oral history that I think we don't get a lot of in the Game of Thrones series. We get some of it, but but because Danny is so cut off from her history and her heritage, she doesn't have another Valerian person or Targaryen person kind of like telling her this. So these moments between Rhaenyra and Viserys feel like really special and important in the series. And I love that they are like peppering in this lore regardless of the fact that the prophecy falls short at Jon Snow's feet, but I'll, <laughs> I won't go down that rabbit hole, but so now, he did mention something about pyromagic, or pyromancy. The pro- pyromancers. And so, I did notice, and I could be wrong, but it seemed like when you have a blade in the fire, I know it was like, they, they were touching the handle, but it seemed like, I was like, huh, is there something with, you know, their resistance to heat or flame? It's allowing them to pick up this blade, or is it just something I don't know about metals and being a blacksmith? <laughs> no, it should it should make the hilt hotter too. I don't know. It wouldn't be probably as hot as the because it wasn't glowing. Yeah, it, it was not glowing. I mean, and, and, and it's um, I don't know. It's made out of hide hide and wood and stuff. The hilt part. Yeah, so maybe that's why it didn't burn them. But I th- I thought the sword was beautiful. The art with the words carved in carved into the metal, and it was like glowing as he had it in there. That thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, and I like the history behind it. Just yeah. saying, like, hey, yeah, this has been in the Targaryen family for years. Like, Aegon had this dagger. Uh, Jaehaerys had his dagger, Aegon. Mm-hmm. And before Aegon, yeah, Aenar, and who knows before that. Yeah, that was, that was cool. And I and I do think that, like, the serious names in this episode, he struggles. He goes back and forth between, do I give, do I do the easy thing and give the throne to my son or do I honor what I'm saying and continue to put my daughter in position, even a weekly, but do I give, put my daughter in position? And it seems like this conversation is another one where he's, he's confirming like, Hey, I'm trying to teach you something because you will be the person that's on the throne. We're finally trying to teach you something. He's, yeah. He's been lacking all these years, but he's, he seems to be more in tune like hey I, you do need to learn how to rule like I wavered before but yeah. you're my heir like he he, she, he tells her like hey Jaharis would have kicked you out of here for that stunt you pulled and he's like you're you're he he really finally puts his crown and he said look you getting married mm-hmm. and that's that this is who you're marrying mm-hmm. and she doesn't argue and her it seems like her 
condition to that. It's like, fine, I, I, I'll marry old dude, but I want to tell you this about Hightower. And that's how he ends up kind of just finally firing Hightower. Yeah. But I, I appreciate that he's kind of reengaging in his relationship with his daughter, even though it's difficult. And he, he says, oh, you're my biggest headache. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, I think it's sad that there's still so much tension between the two of them and they can't, you know, they really can't get themselves to a point where they can have a, a better, healthier relationship. But I think that Rhaenyra just has a lot of resentful, a resentfulness towards him. And I think she wishes that he would stand up for her more too. Yeah. As he should, as her heir, like mm-hmm. I'm really disappointed in how he is just neglecting and just standing up for her rights. If, if, she, if he wants her to be heir, like, act like that's her teacher things she should have a seat at at your at your small council to learn these things right and so that's why it is i can understand her frustration i can also understand his frustration because he's like look i'm i just need you to do what what your duty is and your duty is to to marry somebody Mm -hmm. and i've been trying to give you leeway you and damon get on my last nerves (laughs) i'm frustrated i'm in pain which he doesn't vocalize we don't really see him vocalize that to anybody outside of Allison um, that he's struggling with this health problem. So we don't know how much Rhaenyra knows about them. To the to that extent. To that extent. So I think um, it's just interesting that we see the, 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 you know, he's getting closer to death every episode or at least looking worse every episode. And so I do hope there's a chance for him to reconcile with his brother and his daughter before he dies. Yeah, yeah. The, hopefully there could be some penance. I mean, we don't know when when he dies or anything yet. So we just... Ho- well, you do. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, for, thank you for not spoiling it. Nah, no, no spoilers right here. We do our best mm-hmm. um, to keep things strictly out here. But I think the only scene we haven't talked about was that with Rhaenyra and Allison confronting her saying there are rumors oh, yeah. <laughs> rumors that you slept with Damon and the look on Allison's face like yep. she looked shook like you really went out here and conveyed that you may have lost your virtue to your uncle like that, that, that she's like that shit ain't right and when um when she confronted Rhaenyra Rhaenyra kind of undermined her and she was like girl you tell you you coming to me with some information that you didn't even hear firsthand you you talking about something you overheard some secondhand gossip and you want to come up here and me mad about this and i thought it was interesting even how like they framed the scene because allison was physically placed in like a like they're further apart than they were at the beginning of the episode and if i remember it correctly i think allison was even higher up on the ground like on a hill than where she was like a little bit of elevated over her. Mm-hmm. And I think she was more so wielding her power as queen to question Rhaenyra. Cause they, at first I was kind of like, why is Rhaenyra answering anything that she has to say? Like, why do you care? But then I understand that she really wants to make sure to protect her secret of what happened. And probably also by extension, don't want to know that she did sleep with Kristen Cole. Yeah. So she was like, well, I can be honest and say, I did not lose my virginity to Damon. Yeah, I, I never slept with Damon. I can promise you that. Even though she was making, she 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 didn't bring up the the kissing and making out and pulling the pants down. Hey, that, is that what she asked? Was asked, or did she ask if they have sex? You got me there. You know, you, you got to answer the questions that are asked to you. <laughs> but I I thought Allison, and I saw some people saying they thought that maybe Allison has romantic feelings for Rhaenyra, but I think it's just jealousy. I think that, like we were talking about earlier. She's she's like, oh, you're out. You're sneaking out. 
you're in brothels, you're having these sexual trysts. I and I'm here with your daddy, whatever. I think she's mad about that. I think she's mad because I think to a certain extent she does have some affection for Viserys and she knows how worried and stressful the situation is between Viserys and Rhaenyra. And she's like, you know, your dad took a lot of time coordinating this for you. And I think she even said, like, we both did. Like, girl, whatever. But I appreciated her kind of speaking for Viserys and to Rhaenyra and the vice versa speaking for Rhaenyra to Viserys. Because uh, at the end of the day, Rhaenyra did brush off that tour. She yeah. could have at least finished the tour. And she it was disrespectful of her not to do that. And so I appreciate Allison kind of saying that to her. But I also feel like we get back to the struggle of this person is going to be the ruler of this kingdom in a, in a little bit of time. And Allison, you know, she sees it every day. Like, she sees how bad a condition that right. that King Viserys is. So it's like, oh, my gosh, if he died today, does she rule? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think other people have brought up there might have been some jealousy, um, a little crush on Damon on Allison's part. And then Rhaenyra's over there doing this and doing that. But I definitely think think her judgment of that situation was a little bit of an overreaction. And also kind of an appropriate reaction. Because like, okay, you almost got ruined. But it still felt like very personal to me. Like it felt like Allison's feelings were hurt. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, she can't. In her probably in her wildest dreams, imagine somebody doing that, like going out in the city. Because mm-hmm. she can't, she can't do that, and she under. In her mind, she she understands the, how the patriarchy works in her place in society, and she mm-hmm. thinks that's how it sh- that's how it's supposed to be. And right. For you to be out there, like you expose you could, you expose everybody. Yeah, Allison is a conformist, and she's gonna always play the safe bet. Like she would never go back against her father or Viserys, and she can't understand why Rhaenyra can't just do that. Like, why can't you just get married and stop trying to like do your job, get married, have kids? Do what your daddy asked you to do. Do what your husband asked you to do. And deal with it like I did, like your mother did. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that kind of makes her more mature than Rhaenyra. And Rhaenyra's like, it's something I'm immature. And she kind of is immature. But like, I just want a different life for myself. I don't want the life that you have settled for. Mm-hmm. And then, then you see them kind of, once again, that friendship lasted all of 45 minutes. <laughs> and they back on the outs. I, I don't think they were too much on the outs this one. But... I think Allison's just looking at her differently. It was always Rhaenyra looking at Allison differently. And this is the first time I think we saw Allison just really look at Rhaenyra and be like, oh, I don't like what you're doing now. Instead yeah, of the other way around. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. I feel like it's, it's just one more crack in making that friendship completely done for good. Because what happens if she learns the truth? Like, then she knows she lied to her you lied and you got my daddy fired yeah daddy fired and then lied in front of the weirwood tree you can't do that it's the old gods and I think ultimately Rhaenyra would never trust Allison I think she would be friendly with her but I don't think she would ever trust her because she know Allison kids are going or want to be on the throne they're right on her heels so I don't think it's anywhere for that friendship to ever be fully healed but it it was nice in a bittersweet way to see that they almost were able to get that friendship back. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You want to uh, venture over and, and just read some comments that we had over from the Tiki Talk? Yeah. Do you want to do that and then do MVPs for the episode? Yes. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we had just a couple that we have. Uh, how, um, how do I pronounce her name? Lysis. 
She said, I don't think uh, they went all the way. I think he made it look that way. So he had more cause to ask her to marry her. Yeah. 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 And I I just, I agree with that. I agree too. Yeah. Like, maybe something changed because it just seemed, he was was real into it. Until she turned around, I just think seeing her face made him like, oh, this is still Mm. my, this is still my niece. I can only imagine what my brother would think. Until he got drunk and saw his brother the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do think he. I agree with the commenter. He he definitely hesitated. Still curious about why, and I hope we get. A, I hope we get another scene, either with the two of them or with him talking to somebody about why he did, did what he did. Yeah, this comment. Is, this is from Cannonball Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not fooling me. Game of Thrones has me forced to try to see. Every possible angle that a character yes. could have. Yeah, I think all the characters. Yes. <laughs> it's just the time period is jumping so much. We have to say, okay, well, they had probably thought this over like the last six months. Oh my god, this and this episode. Like, that's why our our review episode is a little bit longer than usual because there's so much for you to read into mm-hmm. and interpret differently. And you, like he said, you are always trying to get a step ahead of the characters and figure out what their motivations are what their plans are, what's going to happen next. And I mean, that's what makes the the show so fun because you just, you don't know. You don't know. (laughs) Yeah. We don't know how they're going to, how they're going to interact. Is this what he's meaning to do in this situation? It's, you're, yeah. you're still trying to solve the puzzle without all the answers. We don't have the corner pieces, but we got to build a puzzle. And in this show, you don't even know what year it's going to be the next episode. It could be, it could be three, three days. It could be six years. Who knows? They could cover 20 years in one episode. And so we really have no way to predict what the next conversation is or what the next current uh, like stream of events are going to be. Yeah, because I know the previews was showing the wedding. But like you said, like, is it a, a month later? Is it a year later? Because this is a it's technically a royal wedding of the air. Mm-hmm. So it takes a long time to set up. When When is this going to take? We're going to yeah. find out. Yeah. Uh, Mitsuki Shuffle 3 says... He left that girl looking crazy with her pants down in the middle of the pleasure house. <laughs> I mean, bro, he surely did though. Like, how you gonna how you gonna get somebody all bricked up and then you gone? <laughs> she just had to pull up. I guess you gotta find up. your way back to the castle, princess. Like, and she ain't never been out there. I don't know all these street corners. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did. Um, and then. I'm like, now, and this is where you go to sleep? Like, obviously, he was drunk, but then you passing out in this little nasty little barn and and everything. I'm like, you couldn't have went back to the castle? He lucky Masario found his behind. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's how you know it was a lot going on for Damon emotionally because he got blackout drunk, and he was over there asleep in the barn, hay in the middle of the barn, and he walked in stumbling and he looked like he was stinking and then the guards was dragging him he didn't even put up no fight i'm like oh he had a rough night uh we got this bigs uh so Megar the crew built those he's talking about the tunnels that's how barry's got around and snuck Tyrion out in season four <gasps> Ooh, okay mm, so think about like now yeah. you, watch, if you, you watch game of thrones you'd be like okay we're, we're seeing more of the secret tunnels in the red key yeah super cool it, it is so it's so familiar, yet at the same time, it still feels new. And I appreciate the show for the showrunners for doing that. It's like enough familiarity where you can put things together and you can make those callbacks, but not like you just watching the same old 
sets and things. Mm-hmm. You got to think about it. Like these are these were secret tunnels when uh, in the show we're watching right now. Mm-hmm. But we know people die. We know there's a, eventually going to be a war. So when Varys comes around, he's he's probably one of the only the few people that know where a yeah. lot of these tunnels are at this at that point in the story. I was wondering like how y'all keeping these tunnels clean if they so so much of a secret. <laughs> If they ain't dusty, boy, they probably have one person coming in clean once a year and then they kill him or something. <laughs> that remain a secret. Uh, we got a uh, Patricia Lee Steve 2021. She said, I was disgusted by Viserys. They having him rock from the outside mm-hmm. and really quick. He looks awful yes. and auto can go. Man, that wig, I was like, that's crazy because how do you make a wig give scalp and literally give scalp because he had that little stringy ponytail going back mm. and like you could see his like his bald scalp with the little strings of hair he had over there. I was like, that's a good wig right there. Because <laughs> when he fell over, I was like, when he, when he was drunk, I'm like, well, that, I mean, it still looked like a... Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, I see them. And we didn't even talk... Okay, well, I won't say that. I won't say that because that was my MVP, but go ahead. Okay, and I think I got two more. Okay. Um, user 76774330 in the book, Sir Kristen rejected her, so I guess they did this in the oh. show just for fun. And that and that's a good one because oh. in the books, it's still wishy washy if they had sex or if they didn't because mm-hmm. it's not told by anybody's perspective. We have yeah. three different perspectives, but none of them were there. Right. None of them could say it happened. So on the show, just being able to see it, it's like, oh, there was something that happened. So now we know for sure she's not a virgin going into the marriage, but we also know. She most likely is not. She doesn't have any kids with with uh, Sir Cole because we did see the Maester coming and bring that little tea. Mm, that moon tea. That's mm-hmm. a contraceptive. We probably need that here in 2022 with all these rules. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, that was something to make sure she wasn't pregnant. And it, it, her dad's the one that told him to bring it to her. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. I don't know what happened. I don't know what did or didn't happen. Don't but, tell me. Don't like, tell. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know. I got to still look at y'all. And just one more. Mm-hmm. This is from Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Lee Blank 7. He had control over her the whole time they were out. But when he kissed her, her she liked it. And she became in control. And it freaked him out. Mm. Okay, now I like the way that's worded in terms of like, he was good when he had control. But then when he realized like, oh, maybe... Oh, she grown now. She's changed since the last time I seen her. She kind of got me looking crazy. <laughs> she got me acting out of pocket. I can't. I know, this is this is shooketh me. I'm I'm uncomfortable with this. That I can see more so than him having an erectile dysfunction issue. I can see the issue being more so that he was just caught off guard by Rhaenyra and was like, oh no, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I. I and I, I can see that being a lot more. It's like, wow, this is changing. Because he's only talked to her, what, one time in the last, like, almost five years? That one time, years. yeah. So, I mean, this is she's like a new person. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that is some of the comments from our TikTok. If you guys want to listen to me go over there and rant a little bit, please go. It's House of Nettles. Yeah, watch, watch the videos, comment, and then maybe your comment can be read on the next episode of the podcast. Hey. So. So. Who was your MVP? My MVP. Who, who did I say? I had it in my head. Oh, I'm going to go with my man, Sir Kristen Cole. Mm. 
My man been protecting the princess all this time, been walking around, and he finally got some. I just hope he consented. I hope he didn't do it because he felt like he had to. I hope he did it because he wanted to. I hope he did it because he wanted to, too. But he things change, so... I do think that toward the end of the episode, the looks that he gives Rhaenyra, it does seem like they're a little bit more like, I care about you. And I don't know if that's necessarily like... I'm falling in love with you because we had sex or I just care about you because I cared about you to begin with and now our relationship is different. But I do think that he seems like he does have a genuine interest in protecting her and he cares about what she's going through. Yeah, because I mean, it's something that he never would have had the option to no. do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was ne- it was never an opportunity. Like, I'm in the King's Guard. Uh, I will never be able to... First of all, I was, I'm from a small house. You were never going to look at me. And it's like, yeah. now I got a shot. Like, even small. Like, yeah, that's true. He got a shot, too. Mm-hmm. He got a shot. He, like you say, no matter how infinitesimal they may seem, you just never know. He can go out there and forsake his, all his King's Guard vows and say, say, fuck it. Let me just go out here. Mm-hmm. But that's uh that's who I get my MVP to. How about you? Well, my MVP is going to Damon's new haircut <laughs> because it, the wig was good. It looked nice. It showed the passage of time, and I, I think I like the the short hair on him better than the than the straight long hair. So my MVP was the the new shortcut. Hey, mm-hmm. well, I think this. You know what? Hey, the the King of the Narrow Sea. This was a great episode. Great episode. Um, great exposition we're getting from people, and a lot of just building, and even they, I like they were able to incorporate world building and a yeah. little lore in in the episode. Mm-hmm. Learning about their past. It was hey, I'm I'm ten to ten. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, me too. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm excited for Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank y'all again for coming here and listening to us just Thank go y'all. on. Uh we'll see y'all next time. Bye. Bye.